What is up and welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that takes a look at the A24 library 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lahorn. This week on the pod, we are taking a break from fighting Jobu Tupaki in the multiverse to talk about Daniel's 2022 maximalist film, Everything Everywhere All at Once. What's happening? I'm not your husband. I'm another version of one from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. Uh, no time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all their memories, their emotions, even their skills. An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connecting with the lives she could have led. As always, there are spoilers ahead for the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. Please go see this film. Not only so I'm not the guy who spoiled it for you and ruined the uh, highest rated movie of all time on Letterboxd, uh, but so you can pres- uh, so you can support uh, small films and small filmmakers and A24, obviously, and original stories and the box office and everything else that goes with that. We are lucky enough to be joined once again with a, a guest. Ben, this is our yeah. second guest we've ever had. I'm very it. excited. Uh, Klein Felt is joining us for our review of this absolutely incredible film. Klein, welcome to the pod. How are you doing, man? Greetings. I'm just. I'm. I, I'm. I thought I was here for Morbius. Like, what's? what's <laughs> oh, yeah, we got the wrong Morbius pod. Notes. Oh no. <laughs> Morbius sweep. No, how are you guys doing? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is gonna be fun. I'm very excited to talk about this movie. I feel like I've been bottling everything up inside, <laughs> so I just can't wait to just like let it all out finally. Absolutely. Uh, uh, listeners of the pod know Klein. You might not know, but. Ben and I, uh, we try to go into this pod without having talked about things prior. We like to be real and honest. And as Ben told you before we started recording, follow your heart. We like to follow our heart on this podcast. So we haven't talked about this. Uh, We're very excited. Before we talk about our general thoughts of this movie, uh, I just wanted to say, I I mentioned it earlier, it is officially the highest rated feature-length film on Letterboxd of all time right now. And it is an incredible 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes that uh, matches with uh, a lot of the Oscar nominees of the past year and is better than most of them uh, with a 94% audience score. Uh, good stuff all the way around. Klein, mm-hmm. you said on, on Twitter, I follow you on Twitter, and uh, you said on Twitter, I am trying to decide, do I go see this movie? Do I watch an NBA game? Uh, and, and what do I do? And you went to go see everything everywhere all at once. And I was like, we got to get this guy in the pod. He made the right choice. We're getting him on the pod. What did you think of this movie, man? I have felt like this about a film, walking out of a film, I think twice in my life before this. The first was The Social Network on opening night. That's oh, let's my fucking go. That's my all-time favorite movie. And my the gosh. second was Amazing. Into the Spider-Verse, which is my second favorite all-time movie. I... I'm I'm at a, not at a loss for words with about this film, but it, it's just it's a lot. I've saw it a less than 24 hours ago, and I just I have to keep thinking to myself like I think this might be one of my favorite movies I have ever seen. It's one of the best mm-hmm. theater experiences I've ever had. It mm-hmm. is 
beautiful and heart-wrenching and hilarious and i sobbed openly and cried with or and laughed within seconds of one another it's it is a lot and it's like this big group therapy session and i I adored it i love this movie it was so good and i mean those other movies you reference i feel like i also had similar feelings like I left uh, into the Spider Verse, and I felt dumbfounded. It's like, did I just see my favorite Spider Man movie? <laughs> like, I was not expecting that. And there's so much of the stuff that happens with like worrying about recency bias. I'm like, I think that was my favorite. And like, social networks, like, how are you gonna make a Facebook movie that doesn't make sense? And then you're just like, holy shit! Like, that was amazing. Trent Reznor should score every movie from here on out. <laughs> yeah. Like, so good. And I think the closest thing that I felt to this was the first time I saw the first Matrix, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh movies can do this yeah. like it really kind of floored me uh i mean I, I echo everything that you said like i was laughing i cried openly like so many times it was just like it was we'll talk about some of the scenes uh one that like just definitely hit me super hard but this movie had like literally everything it seems like and like we talked about the intro it's so maximalist like it has just over the top it is non-stop it is like it's beautiful. It's there's hilarious. There's action. There's drama. There's everything you want in a movie is in here. And I'm, I mean, I'm with you too, which is like, Oh, I think I just saw one of my favorite films of all time. Like top mm-hmm. 10, like my, my letterbox review was essentially, I don't know who leaves this movie, the same person that walked into it. Yeah. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how you can, this thing touches on so many like philosophies and all this kind of stuff. That's just like, I, I don't know if you didn't connect, that's fine, I guess. But like, if you did, you're leaving a different person, I think, without a doubt. Yeah, I think you guys talked about your movie experiences, your theater experience. Um, so I was actually able to see this at like an A24 by IMAX screening a few weeks before it came out. So I saw this movie like two and a half weeks ago. Klein, you saw it less than 24 hours ago. So you're going to be a lot more fresh. I've, I have had some time to sit on this and... I not only because it is on my social media every day, all the time, like all day long, but I'm constantly thinking about this movie and like, can't believe some of the things that I saw. I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't know movies could do that. Right. And, and I've had some experiences like this where it's been like, a, you know, a kind of a transformative, like movies are, are amazing. Movies are incredible. I, I saw uh, Licorice Pizza, 35 millimeter in my local theater. First time I saw a film film and and not to mention an Oscar nom and all these things. And I was like, that that was a movie, that's cinema. And I think this is very much in line with that. This movie is crazy. I don't know how you write a movie like this. I don't know how you plan a movie like this. I don't know how you go from your mind to on screen. So I don't think there's any other way to talk about this movie than just diving right in to our true cinema moments. Um, so this will be interesting uh, because we've never had a guest on for our, our regular format of our show, our true cinema, our A1X. So we've got, uh, we've got a handful here and we'll kind of use these to talk about the movie. First, we've got Waymond and his like first switch into his multiverse version of himself uh, Klein, when you saw this for the first time, when he changes who he is, he opens that umbrella and it all goes down in the elevator and tells her you can to go to the janitor's closet or you can take the other way. What are you thinking at that time? Are you, are you like on board for all of this? 
I was on board. Like I kind of knew what was coming coming in. I knew about the multiversal elements of this film. The honestly, the first thing I was thinking was where has where has this actor been for the last forty years? Ki, yeah, Ki Hui Kwan is think is how you say his name. Like yes. I, the the in this moment especially, I felt we have been deprived of forty years of performances from this guy. Like he yeah. he's amazing instantly, and just that switch there is like oh, okay, like it sets up so many things so quickly and it is that first moment in the in the movie where your heart is just like just beating it's like what is going on what is happening i'm confused but i still kind of understand what's happening i i mean i loved it it's 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 awesome it was so good i mean most people will know key from either being short round in uh, Indiana Jones or data in goonies mm-hmm. uh yeah this is like one of his first acting roles in a long time I and mean, uh, he, I guess he saw Crazy Rich Asians, and that's when he was like, "I want to get back into acting." Like he had been out for a while, done stunt stuff, and I'm really glad he saw that movie because, like, <laughs> now we got him in this, and just like that transition in the elevator, just like kind of like nodding his head and coming back up, and like no cuts or anything. Like we're just watching him like kind of transition. I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" <laughs> like he just he did so good. And before that, we didn't put it on here, but just like the everything leading up to this is that like chaotic what almost feels like a wonder in the laundromat, you yeah. know what I mean? But it's like Michelle yells like walking around and just like being interrupted and her daughter's trying to talk to her and keys trying to talk and like the dad wakes up. Like there's just all this chaos where they really set the tension for everything. And then we finally get like a moment of kind of silence and quiet in the elevator. And then just immediately it's like, cool, here's someone from an alternate universe. Like, <laughs> okay, all right, here we go. Yeah. He's done some interviews that basically he said um, that, you know, there hasn't been, the kind of representation that he's been looking for in movies. And so this was kind of that opportunity to do it. He did audition for Shang-Chi for like a, a small time role and he didn't get it, but was lucky enough to connect with this. And we will talk about it, kind of his his speech that he has. And I I was like, this guy is going to win an Oscar? Like, what am I, I, how can I sit here, watch a movie in April made by A24 and be thinking about the awards that are going to take place in 11 months. I just, I feel yeah. like that was kind of like the front of my mind. Um, and uh, I do want to say one more thing. You mentioned the laundromat, Ben. Jenny Slate Summer. That's all I'm going to say. A24, yeah. Jenny Slate. Let's freaking go. Marcel Lachelle. I, <laughs> I, I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Uh, okay, let's keep talking about our, our true cinema moments. I, I've got the hallway fight down here. I know we're kind of jumping around. We're skipping some things. I love the hallway fight um because it's absurd mm-hmm. it's ridiculous um there are uh I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure there are dildos in this scene am i remembering this correctly okay yes um, pair, all yes. kinds of things what like what what i think this is the real true first introduction to like this movie can be everything and anything all at the same time and you don't know what's going to happen uh thoughts where we stand on this hallway fight I mean, it's crazy. I mean, this is instantly where your Matrix comparison, Ben, earlier, like, I immediately felt it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't felt like this since The Matrix. There's elements of that martial arts filmmaking in here. You can tell that both the Daniels make films and make what they do with their inspirations on their sleeves. And they're very much filmmakers who were brought up in this YouTube era, this era of Mm -hmm. making the things that you want to make and that sort of thing and showing your creativity and and it's like, yes, there's elements of Matrix here and there's elements of other things, but 
also there's a pair of giant dildos and yeah. i'm <laughs> loving every second of it and it's like in another film that wouldn't work at all but for some reason in this it does yeah it makes complete sense you've never wanted to see someone use a butt plug more in your <laughs> life i don't think than in this you know uh the whole i mean the fight's amazing the first fight that we get with key where he uses like his fanny pack as this weapon oh so cool you know there's like there's this scene where he just slowly reaches into a fish tank and grabs like the decorative rocks just to like get some weight it's like oh my god this is so good and you know as far as i mean i'm hoping people have seen this but you know you have to do something kind of weird to snap into something from a, a version of you from a different reality and that's also where like we get a little bit of humor, but we also get some like some fucking horror because like yeah. my least favorite thing in the entire world. I talked to my girlfriend about this before he watched Jackass Forever was from the first <laughs> Jackass where they take the cardboard folder and have to give themselves paper cuts. Oh, and then it's in dude, this yeah. movie. And I was like, oh, my God, you have to be kidding me. And he's just like sitting there trying to give himself a paper cut. It's like, oh, he's like trying to do this intentionally. Like my body was just like shivering. It's like, no. And like it's not working. So I was just like. There's just so many of these cool things where like you have to do something kind of weird. You have to put your shoes on different feet and, you know, do this kind of stuff. So that I don't know. It's just interesting how they use that to bring in both humor and like suspense and horror, all that kind of stuff. It was it was so well done. There are so many elements of this movie to me where it just could have fallen apart. Right. Like it just could have not worked like at all. Right. I just it feels to me like it's one of those movies where like. The stars aligned, everything made sense, and everybody loved it, and the, and everybody working on it did such a good job, and there's so much hype behind it, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, where, like, if this, you know, you have to do different things to get to the multiverse, people could have been, like, really checked out for that. People could have been like, this is this is dumb. Like, why can, can't you just, considering we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming up, like, we have another massive IP multiverse story, can't we just, like, make it like that? And I think... That's what works so well about this. It's so odd. And it's so one of those things uh, where it's like, wow, didn't know movies could do that. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, Waymond enjoy being taped up. I added this to the true cinema moment. This is some of the hardest laughing I've done in quite a long time in a movie theater um, with, with Waymond and Joy like talking to each other, figuring out what's going on. Uh, and it is, it is hilarious. I can't wait to go see this movie again so I can like, re-experience all of these moments because like you all said it's so much to intake but that scene's got a lot in it too we're talking about like potentially killing joy we've got a gun i mean we've got some serious oh, moments right so good like james hong like who plays the grandfather just like telling evelyn like you have to go kill your daughter right now because <laughs> this is just like one less person for her to like snap into that i mean it was just it was nuts to see all that like and I mean, just a, a quick shout out again back to the fights. Like, I guess they found these choreographers on YouTube, which is no also way. crazy. Like, that's just where they found these dude. They had like a, a six or uh, eight person like VFX team. Like it was so they had twenty five million dollars, but like it's kind of on a small group here, which is so cool. But this scene was great. Like you said, it's really, really funny because I think this is the first time Evelyn's trying to explain what's going on to both mm -hmm. of them. And they're like, oh, she's nuts. <laughs> and it's just. That's what it is. It's crazy. This is also where we get that first mention of Raquette Kui. Or Raquette. I, I was going to ask you. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I didn't Love want to misremember. Uh, that was hilarious. Like the Raquette Kui and the Ratatouille is, is iconic. Um, okay, we're just going to keep plugging away over here. I want to talk about the butt plug fight. These two guys, they have the, the, the way they go to their next selves, the next universe, whatever it is, 
is by putting butt plugs in and they are fighting each other for this. Um, I iconic. I don't know. Like, I, I guess this is just something I never knew I needed. I know I never knew like, and, and I love the storyline, like the, the through line for this when Jamie Lee Curtis's character wins like employee of the month and her, her award is a butt plug. And like my theater lost it. People were just like thinking it was the funniest thing of all time. And again, like that could have just like not played. People could have been like, no, this is no good, but it was so hilarious. Yeah. I like the, I like the uh, almost fake out because you have Evelyn taking on that one guy. They're both trying to get to the butt plug. And then you have the bald dude flip over wearing no pants and just (laughs) land right on top of it. And it just, it, it's amazing how they just heighten those stakes of action over and over and over again Mm. in the most ridiculous ways. And this is probably the peak of at least action ridiculousness in this. And it's something that I know is going to turn people, some people off from seeing like serious film Twitter. will look at this and go, (laughs) Oh no, butt plugs in my movie. But it's like, I don't know. It's, it's so funny and creative and yeah, it brings it. I don't know. It's just seeing them fight with these things sticking out of their rear ends is just is hilarious <laughs> yeah the fact that they fight with them in there is so funny like like you even said with the introduction like it's an award that she won and the way she explains it is like do you know how much shit you have to put up with to get one of these <laughs> yeah. you know it's like that's oh, such a good line like it's not really subtle at all but it's letting us know that this thing is shaped just like a butt plug uh yeah i don't know that i mean that scene was just something else i really don't even know what to add to that i I loved it but it's like man i did not expect this there is a fake ending to this movie uh klein you mentioned this you mentioned some people in your theater uh bought the fake ending about an hour in we get this black screen and people thought it was wrapping up like what well i guess what were your guys's take on this because i was so invested where i was like what what is happening like i've never i'm I guess like at that point, all of my expectations were subverted. So I was like, anything can happen. I guess the movie can be an hour long, even though it says it's 220. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but I loved it so much. But Klein, you didn't buy it, right? I, okay, for a quick second, like a millisecond, I did. You're like, maybe. It, I had, I had, had, as you said, I had every expectation just like totally subverted. And I've seen movies where shit like this happens. And it's just like, mm-hmm. oh. Oh, this is the end of the movie. Okay. People started rustling around. I don't know. It's so creative and absolutely bizarre the way that they do this. And I love that they have the characters' names as the cast, like that's scrolling along. Mm-hmm. And at mm-hmm. that point, you're saying it's an hour in. To me, this movie exists out of time. I I have mm. no idea how long I was in that theater for. Like you could have told yeah. me I had been two and a half hours. I would have <laughs> believed you. Yeah. yeah, it it was uh it was such a cool scene. I think I faked myself out because <laughs> I was like, it the, it came up like by Daniels. I'm like, oh, that's funny. They're doing like a fake credits right now. It's hilarious. Yeah. But then it's like seven seconds later, we're still getting credits. Like, wait, is this really like happening right now? And then the camera finally starts pulling back. It's like, oh my God, I like, I psyched myself out. <laughs> like I knew like we weren't that far into this yet, but uh, I thought it played off really well. And it's just cool. Like, again, is that the first time we get to see the movie star Evelyn? I don't remember for sure, but. That I may realize that we cut to that, so it's it's a cool you know uh, flash over to her. We do get a brief intro of movie star Evelyn quickly before that because she uses one of her skills, um, but that's when we start to like 
see her like be more in control of of those oh, different yeah. characters of yeah. Hibachi, Chef Evelyn, and movie star <laughs> yeah. Evelyn, and everyone. Uh, since you mentioned it, Ben, I want to take a quick detour here, and I want to know what is your favorite multiverse Evelyn? What's the one where you were like, this is it? This is the one for me. I love this one the most. Um, Klein, you want to go first? I mean, it'll t- totally take us to a whole different scene, but it's Rock Evelyn. <laughs> rock, <laughs> yeah. the, the Rock multiverse broke me in a way I never thought just two rocks could. That's With the moment where I was, <laughs> I was laughing so hard when it cuts and all you could hear the fan, like you can hear the projector in the theater. It's so quiet. Yeah. And then it's, you start reading the dialogue and that's the first time that I broke and I was sobbing and they're talking about just like yeah. the meaninglessness mm-hmm. of everything. And I'm like, Oh my God, like this, this is speaking to me on a different level. And I'm getting this dialogue by way of two stones looking at it like the Grand Canyon <laughs> or something. It was, yeah, that was so cool. I think my favorite Evelyn was the Hibachi chef one, just because we get Rakakuni in that one. Um, but we'll talk about it in a bit. My, my favorite alternate universe was the movie star one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec, but I love the Hibachi chef. Yeah. I think um, there are so many fun ones that she, that she does, but I think for me, it is, I think it's the movie star one, right? Where we get this big ode to in the mood for love and essentially uh, Wong Kar Wai and, and his colors and his, his cinematic references and everything. And I was just like, this is amazing. Like, this is fucking incredible that we can just have such an absurd movie and then we can get so cinematic so quickly and have such good homages, uh, I think is interesting. Um, and then, uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow through some here so we can kind of like keep our time nice and tight. Yeah. We've got the introduction of the everything bagel. I thought was super funny. The way it was introduced and Joy said, you want to know what I put on it? I put this and I put that and I put everything on the bagel. Um, and just like the meta nature of everything is, is incredible. Um, we've got flashes of every multiverse. This happens uh, very briefly, but holy fuck. Like I was so glued. I've never, yeah, yeah, I've never been that glued to an IMAX screen in my life. Like I didn't know my brain could operate at that high capacity, trying to understand such quick images so quickly. Were you guys trying to like, see each image or were you just like letting it wash over you i was so fixated on the screen that i was trying to take it all in but at that at one point it's just like i'm just staring at michelle yo's face and <laughs> there's nothing else in the universe other than michelle yo in this very moment yeah i i love it i mean there's the one where she's like the first one you know in the office chair and she's like you know flying back and we get to see her going through all these dimensions, which if you can find the behind the scenes on how it was practically done, it is so awesome. It's like a three-sided green screen, which is so cool. Um, But I love seeing all the different universes also because I think there's one where she's like going through different weapons and we get the smallest flash of her holding an Oscar. And I like, I just like thinking that as like Daniel's just like a subtle reference. Like, let's just get this in everyone's subconscious. (laughs) Let's inception this into everybody because I mean, Michelle, Yeoh. I know we got like 10 months of movies coming up, but right now she has to be nominated because her performance was amazing. Has to be. Uh, I love that. I noticed an animated uh, version in there as well. And I was like, ah, animated would have been so sick. Like there's just so many things that would have been so cool. I know the Daniels have said one of their universes that didn't go through, did not get put into the movie was a universe in which silence was speaking and noise was being silent. So Essentially, there would be noise all the time unless somebody was speaking and then it would be silent. 
They couldn't figure out how to pull it off practically and get people to really buy in. Uh, but that just proves the Daniels are just on a different freaking level, man. They're just doing their own damn thing. And A24 is like, go for it. You do your thing. Make an amazing movie. We've got um, Wayman's speech, the the Rakakui chase, uh, I thought was really funny. The rocks you mentioned, uh, Klein. Uh, we've got the kind of the final stairway battle, if you were, if you will, where we realize that everybody kind of has has something they're missing, has a traumatic experience or something that that they need their hearts touched a little bit, and it's just so meaningful. And then Ben, you just added the hot dog fingers finale. Uh, my God, hot dog fingers Dude. are one thing, but then using hot dog fingers to portray an exceptionally intimate romantic love story. Wow, that is good stuff. It was so good. I had to add it in here just because that uh, there's so much about this movie where like we go to really weird places, but it's played with 100% sincerity. Like Mm -hmm. none of this Mm -hmm. is really played for a joke, you know, just to make fun of something. It's just like, yeah, this is like an obscure universe, but it's like legit here. And that was one of those moments in here where like they're, you know, they're like, I don't know, having like an intimate moment. And all of a sudden you see like a foot come up to someone's <laughs> cheek. And I was like, that's exactly what you would do. Like, it looks fucking ridiculous, but that's like the most intimate thing you could do. It was, caress it was someone's the piano face. playing that got me when they start. Yeah, playing that was so good. And she's got the carpal tunnel brace on her ankle yeah. now. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God. That's just, that's just really good stuff. Uh, okay, Klein, if you got to choose one, whether it be on the list or not, what is going to be your one? favorite moment from this movie that has a thousand amazing moment moments it's that it's the rock like it, yeah <laughs> the, the rock sequence is just absolutely absolutely insane that or the hard cut to the cavemen with the hot dog fingers just like the mm. ten thousand <laughs> 10 million bc and a hot dog figure of cavemen's beating up the other guy like yeah evolution <laughs> wins guys yeah that, that was, was funny. so good that was one of those like they made a lot of movie references and obviously that one's like 2001 a space odyssey mm-hmm. Mine is also kind of a movie reference one. It is the movie um, actress Evelyn uh, when she's with Key and they're in that alleyway. Uh, if anybody's listened to this and has not watched Wong Kar Wai is in the mood for love, I would make the argument that's like the most beautiful film ever made. Uh, it's one of my favorite foreign language films. And that's like pretty much directly what this was kind of like homaging, I guess, not even ripping off. And that is my A1 act because like, I love that movie. It was so cool to see them, you know, reference that. Um, but Wayman's line when he's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be an emotional now. I was thinking about it, but, <laughs> but like, you know, Evelyn's telling like, Oh man, like there's one where we ended up together. We're like just mm-hmm. running this laundromat and doing taxes and stuff like that. Like, Oh, that was awful. And he's just like, it would have been the honor of my lifetime just to do laundry and taxes with you forever. And I was like, it fucking broke me, man. I was like, oh my, that's like the sweetest thing you could ever say. It's just like, yeah, I would love to do that menial stuff with you. Like if we could be together, like we're both successful in this universe in our own respective rights, but being with you is what I wanted. And it was just like, it was just, I I don't know. It's just like one of the most beautiful lines of dialogue. And I love that scene so much. Yeah, that's a it's a big fuck you, Ben, because I'm tired. I'm tearing up over here, man. You got me. You you roped me in. You hooked me. Uh, that's exactly what I was gonna choose as well. Uh, that's the moment where I'm just like, I'm just like, God damn it! Like this movie, it can do everything. It can do it all. It can it can literally do anything that it wants, and it can uh just dig its way so deep into your heart and and execute it perfectly. Um, God, such a good movie. Uh, okay, A one X. We've got two A one X. We're gonna talk about here. One being Jamie Lee Curtis, because she is in this movie. She's quite funny. She's good. Um, she is 
not, definitely not not a, a titular character, but one who moves the story forward where it needs to go quite often. She has an amazing moment in the end where she teaches Evelyn how to vape, which I thought was really, really <laughs> funny. Really <laughs> good stuff. Uh, so I've got a list of things here. We've got the Halloween franchise that she is in. True Lies, Trading Places, Knives Out, uh, going to be Knives Out 2 as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas with the Cranks, Freaky Friday, Blue Steel, and A Fish Called Wanda. Uh, Klein, favorite Jamie Lee Curtis performance? I'm a kid of the early 2000s. It's Freaky <laughs> Friday all day, every day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love that. That's a great one. That's so good. Um, I, I mean, so many of these are great. Like the true lies dance really did something for teenage Ben. The first time he watched that, I was like, Oh, okay. What's going on here? Uh, and honestly, Christmas with the cranks did something for a 30 something Ben. I was like, Oh, okay. okay cool. All okay. right. Um, great and fish called Wanda, but I, I just, I have to go, uh, with Halloween and yeah. Laurie Strode. Like it's just an iconic role. She's just one of the best and she's still doing it. But the first 1978 Halloween, I'm going to go with that one. Uh, I will I will die on this mountain, Ben. You know what I'm gonna say? It's Christmas with cranks all day, every fucking Gotta day. Uh, that's that's my jam. That's the all time greatest Christmas movie of all time. I will watch it any time during the year. It doesn't even have to be Christmas time. Jamie Lee Curtis is great in that movie. Uh, shout out to uh, you know Honey Baked Hams. Um, <laughs> actors playing multiple roles in the same movie. We have Michelle Yeoh playing all different versions of herself. Uh, and, and lots of people actually playing different versions of themselves in this movie. That's, that's what it is. So I've got a list here that I want to go through, uh, Nicolas Cage for adaptation. Now I looked up some lists for some people and I just want to let you know, Nick Cage for adaptation was nowhere on any of these lists, which is a fucking Hmm. crime. It's a, it's just a crime. Uh, incredible in adaptation. Eddie Murphy in the nutty professor, army hammer in the social network, Jake Gyllenhaal enemy. Love enemy, don't you, Ben? Big fan. Love it. Give me spiders. <laughs> yeah, let's go spiders. Uh, Mike Myers and Austin Powers. We've got Adam Sandler and Jack and Jill. Michael J. Fox, Back to the Future Two. Tom Hanks for Cloud Atlas. Tom Hardy for Legend. We have Jamie Lee Curtis for Freaky Friday. Really playing two different uh, characters there. And then Warwick Davis for Harry Potter. And then uh, the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Uh, what do we got, Ben? I want to start with you. What's your What's your favorite double act actor? Uh, well, actually, mine is a triple act. Uh, it's not on this list, but it is Peter Sellers in Dr. Strangelove. Uh-huh. Uh, he plays three characters in there, and that is just one of the funniest movies of all time. So, uh, again, my recommends for this episode are go see <laughs> this, watch In the Mood for Love, and also watch Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Peter Sellers just absolutely owns that movie. You're just coming off as a real cinema guy right now. Those are three iconic cinema movies. I'm doing my best. (laughs) (laughs) Klein, what do you got? I'm going Army Hammer simply because it's one of my favorite movies ever made. And I love in that movie, I love how identical, like it's the same face, but you can tell who's talking at once. Like, you know, which Mm -hmm. twin is which. And he plays that so well. Say what you will about Army Hammer outside of his movies. But (laughs) I think he's great in social network. See, I was blown away to learn it was one person mm-hmm. like because I, I didn't know who that was, obviously. And then it was later, like it might have even just been like when I got the Blu-ray. I was like, oh, that was two. That was one person played like, two roles like they did so good. Yeah, uh, it seems like we have a, a streak on this show of uh, praising an actor who does not have a wonderful uh, history or backstory. So, yeah. um, you know, their their projects are separate from their personal lives. Um, I I want to give a shout to Tom Hanks and Cloud Atlas. I think that's an entirely slept on movie uh, i believe it's the the wachowski sisters uh filmed that movie as well and um just incredible stuff right there 
but I'm going with Nicolas Cage for adaptation. That movie is uh, uh, awesome. It's amazing. Um, he is really good in that movie, and I can't believe I didn't see it until just a couple of weeks ago. So, um, yeah, great stuff. Okay, uh, we're going to finish with our A24 ranking. We've got our first cow, which would be a top-tier movie, our good time, which is a mid-level, and The Farewell, which is in no way indicative of The Farewell, the film, which is a wonderful film, but it is our bottom tier. We would say farewell to this movie, and I swear to fucking God, if anybody does not put this in first cow, you're never coming back on this podcast ever again. <laughs> Glenn, where are you going to put it? <laughs> well, I want the invite back. It's first cow. Like this is uh, this is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. At at its only works as a movie, it is immaculate. Go and see this film again. I'm sure you've already seen it if you've got this far to the yeah. podcast. <laughs> Go yeah. see it more. I mean, yeah, it's a first cow. Honestly, one of the first thoughts also when I was thinking about us doing this episode and ranking is like, oh, whenever we do our next Rushmore, <laughs> like I have to bump something because this is working its way up there for my A24 Rushmore. It was just like, it was amazing. So first cow without a doubt. Yeah. When I, when I got done watching this movie, I thought, okay, shoot, I have a real predicament because is this better than Uncut Gems? Does this take the gold Whoa. standard for a, for A24? And it doesn't. It, it doesn't. I will never, okay. I will never uh, double back on my, my Uncut Gems fandom. But, God, it's right there. It's right there. A24 is moving in the right direction. They're making incredible stuff. Very interesting to note before we get out of here, Anthony and Joe Russo produced this movie as well. Mm. Did not know that. Very fascinating. Um, amazing stuff from this movie. Go see this movie. Go support cinema and box office and independent stories and a 24 go do the damn thing go watch this movie again and again um it is so wonderful klein we are so grateful that you came on the pod to talk about this awesome movie with us to be the first official guest for a standard episode uh gosh i wish we had a physical award we could give you or something but i've, I've got nothing for you <laughs> so uh my gratitude will have to do thanks for I'm coming sure on some man. i'm sure in some multiverse i have an award <laughs> in my hand somewhere you can guess what the shape is too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Klein, if people want to follow you on social media, if they want to more of you, where can they can they find you? I'm at the Klein Felt everywhere. That's K L E I N F E L T, and I also write over on thedirect.com. If you're into movies, TV, I do a lot of video game stuff over there as well. That's thedirect.com for the people in the back. I nice. love it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, let us know, you know, if you've seen everything everywhere all at once, we want to hear what you guys thought about it. Also, stay tuned next week because we're going to do the other Daniels A24 movie. We're talking about Swiss Army Man, which is a yeah. first time watch for me. So Ooh. I'm very excited about this. Uh, but yeah, let us know what you thought about this movie. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at 24 Minutes of A24. I'm Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi. Spring break forever, bitches. 